Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. Round 10 starts tonight. And not a moment too soon, some of us would contend. It's Port Adelaide hosting Melbourne at the Adelaide Oval. How real are the power? Winners of their last six in succession, but here is a bona fide flag threat on their turf in the Demons that they need to conquer. Rosie, Butters, Horn Francis against Oliver, Viney, Petraka. The team news, though, I must say, hasn't made for pretty reading for Port Adelaide, unfortunately. We'll get to that in a moment, and we'll do it with the help of AFL Nation's very own. Here's Michael Barlow. Welcome to you, Mick. Sammy, yeah, good morning to you. Um, yeah, good game ahead tonight, isn't it? And I think we'll... Learn a bit more about Port Adelaide um, tonight after we have a look at how that midfield goes against the Demons. Can't wait to see it. Unfortunately, no Todd Marshall, which we did know, but that's franked by the fact that Charlie Dixon hasn't come up either. So looking at their team selection, somewhat reactionary. I mean, Hinkley for Kenny Hinkley and co, because Scotty Lysett's been recalled his first game since round five. Teekle's been dropped. Now, that's obviously, I would assume, Mick, a bigger body for the daunting assignment that he's gone and Grundy. Yeah, I think so. I think he's done quite well, Tickle. It's always nice to find one, isn't it, in terms of what Ken Hinkley's been able to do um, this year. Scott Lysett has been uh, a good performer for a long time, but you know, Finn Layson's been able to come in and play um, kind of hybrid role, the ability to kick two goals or three goals, five last week in that match against the Roos, um, but also helps out in the ruck. So I think the Gorn and um, Grundy matchup. Uh, tonight would have uh, had the match committee for the power thinking, right, we just need that experience. Can we break even um, around the ground and give at least an opportunity to our guys at the feet of the rucks um, to get some ascendancy in the mid- midfield because the, the midfield of the Demons, City Wiz, um, those boys waking up this morning, uh, will be very excited, Rosie Butters and Horn Francis to go up against the best. Yeah, gee, no Dixon's a big out, isn't it? So Finlayson will have to play, you know, almost exclusively forward. Uh, Darcy Byrne-Jones backs a nice little win, though. And then on the other side, uh, Mick, Christian Salem, his first game of the year, that would warm the hearts of uh, D's fans. And, and Tom McDonald gets another chance, doesn't he, with Harry Petty out long term? Yeah, I think the Demons side of things, like it's, so they're they're a genuine, you know, they're in genuine flag contention. That's that's no, that's stating absolutely um, be obvious. They're up and about, they're going. But I think Simon Goodwin, yeah, they're still trying to find what their their best mix looks like. But their forward half is um, dynamic. But I feel like they've been getting it done more at the the ground level um, than kind of in the air for for large parts of it. Cosy Pickett, we know how dangerous. Um, he is at the moment. Uh, Chandler's had a really good year. So they've they've got different avenues to goal than probably what they've had in the past. Battle with Rich, who's been a consistent performer for some time. But I think they're still looking at probably 28 to 30 players at the moment on Melbourne's list as to, to being able to contribute to what their best side would look like. And that this is the time of year they'll be able to, to really filter through all of that. Um, I know for a fact we've got, in terms of a Werribee point of view, we've got Casey next week and they tend to have a fairly strong side um, in the reserves off the back of the depth um, attached to the Melbourne list. Mm. 
Hey, just on just on Werribee though, Mick, do you get nervous this time of the year coming into mid-season draft? I mean, you're sort of happy for players to kick on, I imagine, but you don't want to lose any either for selfish reasons. Oh, no, bloody ass. It's, it's, um, <laughs> it's, an exciting, it's an exciting time of year for them. And we've had, I think a couple of years ago, we got Kyder Clace. Yeah. An opportunity with Melbourne. He's back with us now. And he's one that, um, you know, has only improved since that experience with Melbourne. So um, we've got a couple, I think, on our list that, uh, I say a couple, I feel like I've got probably a dozen um, <laughs> available and, and at the level that, I think there's a, some interest um, circulating around a couple, but to your first point, uh, very excited for them if they if they do get the chance because that's um, ultimately um, where a lot of these guys want to go. I was going to raise this with you, but Ronnie off the text has done it for me. He says I'm a bit shocked at the non-selection of Ben Cunnington with seven changes. We need all of our leaders out on the park, especially after the events of recent days. So, uh, were you are you surprised? Perhaps not by the omission of Ben initially, but he hasn't been able to find his way back in with all those injuries last weekend? Yeah, it's, it's potentially. Uh, probably having a deeper think about it. Um, what was it? Six six changes. They've yeah. also got Curtis Taylor, who's um, yeah, he's probably on the more experienced level of what North Melbourne have at the moment. So I'd feel there's probably some integrity around um, form and, and that's got, got to be what it is. So the, the, there would have been some shock that mm. they need Ben Cunnington back in. But perhaps and I've had these discussions as a coach before myself. Like you, you have that discussion and you, and you do sit them down and say, well, we need kind of two to three solid weeks here of, of form built um, before we consider again. And circumstances with North in the past kind of six to seven days have been um, unforeseen. But I'd imagine they're kind of sticking with that discussion that we need kind of two to three weeks of built form and some action um action built confidence for, for someone like Dan and Curtis Taylor to come back into that side when, when they're at the level. Unfortunately, the biggest time and away game, I think, to be played at Ballarat has lost something of its luster, Mick, yeah, at selection because Adelaide are, are going to take on the Western Bulldogs without Taylor Walker, rested after a, a bag of five against the Saints. It's a shame, but I mean, he's a, a club in Adelaide who would appear to have some real conviction in selection. Like if, if, if they want to look after the long term, play the long game, you know, they, they don't play him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was I was stunned to be honest. And I, whilst I say I was stunned, you probably then take a deeper look and think that someone like Taylor Walker isn't one hundred percent right to play. Um, there's uh, there's no such thing as as an easy kill in the AFL, but there's probably a couple at the moment that um, are just trending towards that. And I think Adelaide have a few of those sides or a couple of those sides um, beyond the next fortnight. So especially mm. with Silthorpe going out, yeah. um, there must be, I'd imagine there has to be something kind of um, restricting text to be able to play to his absolute maximum because that is, um, and, and that's no, no disrespect at all to, to Ballarat, I think they do it really well. It's, it's a box office game. It's a game that I think can really legitimise one of these sides as a, as a top four candidate. Now, the Bulldogs on the other side, I mean, their stated aim, Mick, is obviously top four, a finish they've never achieved despite their uh, success under Luke Beveridge. And, and by the way, the, those Beveridge critics, many of them, a lot of them in red, white and blue, have certainly gone quiet in the midst of this run that has seen them, what, win six of their past seven games. But but at six and three, the Dogs, and a very good chance to get to seven and three, which will obviously have them right in the top four mix. It's a fickle industry. Uh, about, was it, two months ago, Ken Hinckley was no good. Luke Beveridge was on the way out. Mm. And now they're arguably the toast of the town. So the way they play the Dogs, 
Um, and again, there's, uh, I know it's a different level, but we played their reserve side in um, the state league in the VFL last week. And they throw so much, you know, they play the same as, as the AFL. Um, so they, they just play a really unique game style and they just keep throwing things up. Um, and that's what the Western Bulldogs do. They, they understand what their strengths are. They've got kind of speed and, and clean hands around um, their midfield. So I love that extra number up. They know the opposition will know what they're doing, but they just back their style in um, absolutely 100% to, to get a result. And, and they're starting to do that. Some of their performers... Um, or better performers in the last month were probably a little bit quieter early in the year, which um, which always helps when your better players are playing well. Um, it tends to, to translate into wins. So, love watching the do- I love watching the doggies because they they give you they give you excitement. And they'll always, regardless of if they play well or, or, or play poorly, um, they give themselves their best chance by pushing mm. it around and getting speed on the ball. And um, Aaron Norton, I think, is one of the most watchable players in the AFL. Is Fremantle a danger game at Optus for Geelong, do you think, Michael? I mean, they're again playing musical chairs at selection, the Cats. So close, Jack Henry, Stengel back. That's great. Duncan, Ollie Henry outs the negative. Uh, the former with a hamstring strain at training. Uh, you've lived these situations. Is it? Could it be just going to be one of those years, one of those seasons for the Cats where they just can't quite get the medical room sorted out? Yeah, there's a bit of that. I think, I think I feel like this is um, rock, this is advantage Fremantle, really, with with. What's confronted from from Geelong? I think hindsight's uh, obviously always um, everyone's best friend, and, and hindsight would suggest the result against Richmond was no surprise last week to the Cats for for what they were and how beaten up they were. Um, who they probably played in the, the three or four weeks prior to the game against Richmond. Richmond coming off the back of getting some some good players back and, and starting to get their game going. Fremantle is somewhat similar. So Fremantle beaten Hawthorne. Um, you know, really convincingly. Had a bit of an arm wrestle with Sydney and then kind of flexed their muscle weight to to get a result. You know, Fife comes back in for a full game. Um, they're starting to figure out what's going on in the front half of Fleo. So I've kind of answered your question a little bit back to front here, Sammy, that people shouldn't be considering that the Cats just go to Perth and get a result because um, not just through loyalty, but I'll be tipping the Dockers off the back of some, some built form. Um, and, yeah, there's, I think there's just some queries around what the Cats are producing at the moment um, and, and a lack of personnel and some of the guys they've brought back in, um, well, in particular, kind of Jack Henry, underprepared, really, um, to be at his best um, on return to the big, the big time. Hey, big game for your Tigers at Avalon Airport tomorrow, by the way. You've got the top of the ladder, Gold Coast Suns. This is going to be huge, Mick. It is. It absolutely is. So I'm, I'm, we're really embracing the, the forecast of 13 degrees and a little bit frosty <laughs> uh, for, the, for the Glitter Strip Suns who will make their way down from, from Caval Ave. But they're undefeated. Uh, Going to have to have a word of the AFL at the end of the year if we can strip back their list size because they have about 25 <laughs> AFL players available at, at yeah. the VFL level every week Yeah. Um, against our part-timers, Sammy. So we're going for the... Um, we're absolutely having a look at the $250,000 salary cap versus the $5 million salary cap tomorrow, mm. and I'm looking forward to it. Yes, okay. I take your point on board, Mick. and probably might leave it there for now. Great to have you on, mate. Uh, best of luck tomorrow, of course, in that game. It should be huge, and uh, appreciate your insights into the AFL landscape as well. All good. Have a good weekend, footy. There he is, Michael Barlow, former docker, former son there with AFL Nation, of course, previewing uh, round 10 of the footy. More of your texts and calls right after this break.